Do you remember taking standardized tests when you were in school? They were supposed to be this accurate measurement of your current knowledge of academic abilities. Standardized tests have shifted and grown throughout the years, and they are still used to show academic learning and progress. These types of tests can translate to school funding, staff evaluation, and employment plans, as well as student scholarships. Or how about when you went to go get a driver's license? Do you remember taking both a written exam and a driving exam? These tests are intended to show if someone is a qualified driver who would be safe on the road. Or what about an aptitude test? I remember in high school taking one that would identify the best areas of future study and potential careers that would match my knowledge, interests, and abilities. In fact, our whole lives, we are going to experience taking different types of tests as a way to measure our knowledge, skills, and abilities. Tests can be used to show our understanding of materials and trainings. They can also be used to guide our learning and choices of education and employment. Even if we really don't like to take tests, we still look at results to help us get an idea of how things are going. And when we work with young people, sometimes we would love to see a printout of results that would help us to know how a young person is developing. Well, a multiple choice test isn't really going to accurately determine how youth are developing and growing as they transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood. Yet we still want to be able to identify ways in which they are growing so that we can support and assist them. And that's what we're going to look at today. Ways to identify if a young person is developing. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast. We are going to be revisiting developmental outcomes, but this time we are going to talk about how we can measure or identify if young people are growing and developing these outcomes. Why is it important to know if a young person is developing these outcomes? First, All young people need these developmental outcomes in order to transition successfully throughout adolescence and into adulthood. So it makes sense to look specifically at the knowledge, skills, abilities, and attributes that they need. Second, exploring ways to identify if youth are growing these outcomes will help us to be more clear about what we need to focus on with each young person. That might sound a little more serious and intensive, a little more formal but I promise it's not as difficult as it sounds. Simply knowing one area that a young person needs to address or build skills within can help you identify a conversation to have or an activity to engage in. Third, if we know that all young people need to develop these outcomes, then it makes sense that we work towards that. I often think of 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul is talking about Apollos planted, I watered, and God grew it. He is giving us an example of our investing in young people. I might plant a seed in one young person, but somebody else is going to water it, 
and another person will tend to it and cultivate it, and another person will connect them more fully to God to help grow it. As caring adults and youth workers, if we are all working towards helping young people develop these outcomes, can you imagine how much more prepared and confident a young person would be as they navigated adolescence? Then how do we measure or identify if a young person is developing these outcomes? I have already said a multiple choice, pre-designed test isn't going to work. Those are really more of a one-size-fits-all model that isn't going to make sense when we work with young people. Remember, every young person is unique with unique life experiences, and we are looking at a person, an individual who is growing, who is in development. I will say that I am sure there is someone with a strong research background who could create a test that would give a baseline assessment of how a young person develops. But here is what I know. When we are talking about young people, we are talking about being grounded in a relationship with them. A test is impersonal, and it will miss the unique nuances of a young person. It will miss the small things that are not fully measurable on paper, but we see progress in during our interaction and as our relationship grows. So we need to have a personal way to identify and look for growth. How do we do that? We look for indicators of growth. And the best way to do that is to break it down by looking for specific indicators related to developmental outcomes. Do you remember when I talked about developmental outcomes on the podcast? Don't worry, I'm not planning on giving you a test. But you might want to revisit episode 7, which provided an overview And then episodes 8 through 19 broke down each individual outcome. And episode 20 tied it all back together in a summary. If that stresses you out, at least make sure you go and check out episodes 7 and 20. That kind of gives you a refresher. Or if you need to hear it for the first time, it'll give you a broad overview. I am also including a handout in the show notes today that you can download to help you. The handout will break down the 12 developmental outcomes into aspects of identity and areas of ability. Remember, I talked about these things using a construction zone analogy. Aspects of identity are like the nuts and bolts that hold whatever you are building together. The Advancing Youth Development Curriculum would define this as young people demonstrate a positive identity when they have a sense of personal well-being and a sense of connection and commitment to others. And the areas of ability are the tools like a hammer or a drill that you would use to build something. The Advancing Youth Development Curriculum would define areas of ability as young people demonstrate ability when they gain knowledge, skills, and attitudes that prepare them for adulthood. What is important to know about indicators? Number one, indicators will be unique to your role. For example, if you are a parent, your indicators will look different than if you are a youth pastor. They will look different if you are a coach, a teacher, and an employer. There may be some crossover, but there will be differences. Number two, we also need to know that indicators will look different according to the youth that we are working with. Age, stage, cultural background, our relationships, these things all impact the types of indicators that young people exhibit. Number three, indicators are not something that are set in stone and they're not a simple checklist. Indicators are behaviors, traits, attitudes, and choices we witness in a young person. And they may not appear the same week to week in a young person. We may see both forward and backward movements with these indicators. Number four, indicators are subjective. 
They are not something that is a hard and fast line. They will require you looking at your interaction, listening for words that are said, observing behaviors of young people. As objective as you try to be, there will still be a subjective element. For example, even if you and I were looking at the same list of indicators with the same young person, we may observe it differently. At this point, you might be thinking, then why do we even need indicators? They are a part of that blueprint for youth development. They are a part of helping you to do your best work and build the best relationships with young people. Indicators are not going to be perfect, but then neither is a standardized test. How do we find our indicators? I could sit down and make a list and send them out to you. And maybe one day I will offer a general guide of that for you. But for today, I'm going to help you do the work to figure those out for yourself. The process I am sharing today requires a pen or pencil, some paper, and your brain power. You are going to select one developmental outcome and write it down on the paper. I linked a handout of the developmental outcomes and their definitions in our show notes. I thought you might find that helpful. If you haven't yet, go grab that handout and then come back. After you have written down the developmental outcome, you're going to think about what would show you that your young person has that knowledge, skill, ability, or attribute. What would they do or say that would help you know that they have developed or grown in that area? The more specific you can be, the better. What I want to do now is give some examples of what I'm talking about. For example, if I am looking at safety and structure, the perception that one is safe in the world and that daily events are somewhat predictable, how would I figure out what some indicators might be? Well, if I am a leader of a small group, I might identify things like a young person asks questions or comments when we do something out of order, or a young person shares something aloud to the small group, or a young person talks about returning. These things could also be similar indicators in a classroom setting or a larger ministry setting. Now, as a parent, my indicators might look a little different. I might identify things like my child feels safe in our home and wants to bring others here, or my child notices when things are rearranged or changed in our house or even in our schedule, or my child feels comfortable being home alone for reasonable periods of time. Now, remember, we are talking about tweens and teens who could be left home alone at an appropriate age. Let's go ahead and look at another developmental outcome. How about responsibility and autonomy? This is the perception that one has some control over daily events and is accountable for one's own actions and for the consequences on others. With this aspect of identity, I would have some different indicators. From a youth pastor perspective, I might identify things like a youth respects the church space and cleans up around them when they're done. Think here, no water bottles, wrappers, or cups left all over the ground. Or I might identify a youth is able to connect with other youth from different schools and in different groups. From a parent perspective, that might look like my teen maintains a generally clean bedroom that includes picking up trash from their floor. Or my teen does their own laundry. Or my teen is able to run into a store without me for one quick item. You might be wondering if we would use the same process to identify indicators for areas of ability that we did for aspects of identity. And my answer would be yes, it's the same process. For example, let's look at physical ability. Physical ability is the ability and motivation to act in ways that best ensure current and future physical health for self and others. 
From a coach perspective, I might identify something like my player has consistent energy because they make healthy food and beverage choices. My player takes care of themselves by stretching before and after a game without supervision. From a parent perspective, I could say something like my teen exhibits physical health by going to bed at a good time to get enough sleep, or my child avoids consuming energy drinks or caffeine to get them moving in the mornings. Let's try another area of ability. How about civic and social ability? This is the ability and motivation to work collaboratively with others for the larger good and to sustain caring friendships and relationships with others. As a pastor or youth ministry volunteer, some indicators might include a young person makes direct eye contact when speaking with an adult, or a young person helps an adult set up or pick up their space. As a parent, one indicator might be that my teen is able to engage with adults in casual and polite conversations when we are in situations like that. Or a different indicator might be that my teen is able to express a desire to volunteer or to help someone who is in need. You might have noticed that I did not address self-awareness and spirituality. I did that on purpose. We are going to look more closely at that developmental outcome and specific indicators for that during our next podcast episode. What I want to challenge you with is to take a little time this week to identify some of the indicators that would make sense for the role that you play with young people. Keep in mind the stage and age of your young people. For example, these indicators could look very different for a 12-year-old versus a 17-year-old. And look at my Facebook or Instagram pages this week to go find a post that's going to ask you to share some of the things that you came up with. It will also be a great place to ask questions. At this point, you might be thinking, hey, Deb, what I'd like to do is really just show up and have you give me the answers. But that doesn't really sound like me. Here's the problem with that. I don't know your young people like you do. I don't know your specific role with them. I can offer a general list of indicators that you could use to assess how your young people are growing. But you have the advantage here. You have the inside track. And you care about those young people growing and developing those outcomes because you have a relationship with them. You may also be thinking, I'm doing good work already with young people. Why do I really need to look for indicators? Well, one of the best strategies I can suggest to you as a youth worker, as a pastor, a parent, volunteer, any caring adult, is to be intentional about what you do. So if you want to know if a young person is developing and growing, be intentional in looking for signs that they are. And the more specific you can be, the more accurate your answer will be. When we think about things in this way, and we approach our time with young people in this way, truly, we are going to be better youth workers. We are going to make a greater impact. Again, I want to encourage you this week to take a few minutes and flush out your own indicators for the different roles where you work and connect with young people. It doesn't have to be a huge list. Maybe try to find one or two things for each developmental outcome. Now, on a personal level, I want to talk about indicators. I remember when I first started out as a youth worker, I was working in the correctional unit in San Antonio, Texas, with a group of adolescent males. My performance evaluation consisted of things like if I showed up to work on time, followed the policies of the unit in the Department of Justice. I was not assessed on the relationships that I was building and any impact that I was making. I was not assessed on how the youth were growing or even changing. At that time, I wasn't familiar with the advancing youth development curriculum. 
Yet I knew that what mattered most to me in terms of youth really was more about the relationships I was building than if I could verify that their clothes or their bed sheets were folded a certain way. But I wasn't being measured on that. I wasn't being encouraged to focus on those things. That's what I hungered for because building a relationship that helped those young men grow meant they had a better chance of success outside of that facility when they were released. Way back then, I hungered for something that would help me to guide them to be intentional and to be the most effective in my work with young people. I am guessing that there is a part of you, regardless of the role or the roles that you play with young people, that's similar. You want to make an impact. You want to help them become who God intended them to be. And you want the best strategies in your own toolbox to help you do that as a youth worker. Spending some time brainstorming indicators is one of those strategies. Make sure you visit me over at my Facebook and Instagram pages this week. Get engaged by sharing indicators that you brainstormed and snag some from some of the comments. I can't wait to connect with you throughout this week, and I can't wait to continue talking about indicators in our next episode. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 9.37 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.